Amen. I had this whole list of things that I was going to say, uh, and I just want to acknowledge how amazing it is to be in this place with you all. We all have such a privilege to be here amongst other believers and sing and pray to God the Father together and ask him to give us faith. That is just such a special thing that we get to do together, and I don't want us to, to miss that, to gloss over it or, or take it for granted. But we do have a new song that we are excited to teach you guys. It's not entirely new. It's 10 years old. But uh, a year ago... Uh, the writer of this song, came out with a version in Spanish. Um, and if you haven't been around here for a while, um, God has been doing some amazing things in this body, bringing a lot of people that speak Spanish uh, into this body who um, we get to call family now. And so for this next song, uh, it is called In English, Spirit of the Living God. Uh, in Spanish, that is Espiritu Santo de Dios. And basically all we did was we took the English version of this song and replaced Every time it says Spirit of the Living God with Espiritu Santo de Dios. It's pretty simple, right? But we get to sing it in English and we get to sing it in Spanish together. So before we do that, we're going to practice a little Spanish, okay? So I'm going to say, you guys can repeat after me Espiritu Santo de Dios. That was great. We're going to do it one more time. Espiritu. Wait, I keep forgetting what to do with my hands. I did this in, I did this in practice. Santo de Dios. You guys are on top of it. Um, I'm just I'm going to pray, and then we can sing this song. God, we, we love you. We thank you for sending your spirit to be in this place with us. Give us faith. Help us to trust in you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are here, and we love you. And it's in your name that we sing this. Holy Father, thank you for your spirit in this room today as we worship you. And we can feel your presence. And we are so blessed to be able to come here together and worship you on Sunday during the week in our in our car at our work no matter what you will be with us we'll just call on you I thank you for this day and this time together amen amen thank you Rachel thank you to the worship band that was beautiful um, kids, it was so good to worship with you guys this morning, but it's time for you to head off and have a fun time in kids' lives, so got your leaders in the back there. We hope you have a great morning. And good morning to everybody, whether you're here in the building or join us from the live stream, we're so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. Um, my name is Sonia, and I'm a part of the Next Gen team here. And I'm Katie Utzi, and this is Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> um, I have to ask, Jordan, did you do anything special for mom this morning? I think he's still thinking about it. It's okay. We'll give him a break. <laughs> but seriously, happy Mother's Day, Katie, and to all of you guys as well. Thank you. And I just want to extend a special welcome to those of you visiting us for the first time. We would love to get to know you better and get connected and let you know what's going on around here. If you wouldn't mind filling out our contact form on mylcc.info, we would greatly appreciate it. 
Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on around here, and that's how we can get all the information out to you guys about what all that stuff is. So, Katie, do you know what some of that stuff is? I do. We actually have a women's retreat happening this fall. What? So, ladies, we are still in the planning process, so if you wouldn't mind, we could really use your input. We have a survey on mylcc.info for you to fill out as we plan that event. Yeah, that'll really help us pull those details together so that we can have a really great time together. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. Speaking of more events, I am dying to know, Sonia, do you know the results of the summer event voting? I do. So if you didn't know, we are going to have an all-church summer event on Friday, June 23rd, and you all submitted some really great ideas about what we should do, and last Sunday we voted on those. So can I get a drum roll, please? We're going to be square dancing! Yay! <laughs> With food and games. It's going to be a really great time together. Um, more details are coming soon, uh, but make sure you mark your calendars so that way you guys can be there or be square. Uh -huh. Jordan's going to have to break out his dancing shoes. <laughs> um, and the last thing to mark your calendars for is June, Saturday, June 3rd, we're having a church-wide work morning. That is from 8 a.m. to noon. We have lots of things to get done inside and outside the building, so we could really use your help if you're available. We'll just call it a little TLC for LCC. <laughs> That's awesome, yes. So, yeah, if you're free, come on out. We can definitely use everybody's hands. Um, well, that's all the announcements we've got for, for you guys this morning. So I'm going to invite Tom on down. And if the rest of you guys would join me in praying for him and the message he's prepared. Dear Lord, we thank you um, for who you are and the ways that you are moving in our, in our lives um, and in our hearts. Um, we could just spend all morning worshiping you and praising you and how good you are. Um, Lord, I want to lift up Tom to you. Um, I just pray for... Uh, the ways that you are going to move through um, his message in our in our lives and um, pray all these things in your name amen amen well it is good to to, to be with you all my name is uh tom uh i'm the teaching pastor around here and um we are in the middle of a series uh, that um is we call it the seven postures of a disciple it's sort of seven ways of being a follower of christ it's things that Things that we do, but it's, but it's even more than that. It's sort of like places that we stand, and once we stand there, like how do we, how do we, how do we stand in those places? And so we've, in this series, we've talked about abiding in Christ and what it means to just be near to him, draw near to him. Uh, we've, we've talked about sharing our faith, like, like going and, and passing on uh, our, our, our faith in Christ to others. And, and we've talked about um, connecting with others, connecting with others, and, and how we do that with, with one another. And then also releasing. We talked last week, last week um, Dan, our, our lead pastor here, Dan, shared about releasing what it means to sort of like not make my church experience about me, but, but to make it about others around me. And actually, this is kind of almost part two of that, okay? Because it's not just releasing or letting go um, with, with, with others and, and not trying to control or manipulate, but it's also equipping people, okay, equipping people. What does it mean for, for us to actually put tools in others' hands? What does it mean for us to actually help others along, move them, help move them towards greater maturity in Christ? And, um, and as with, with most things, I think we can find our best guidance from Pixar. So take a look. Cool, ready for takeoff. What the? Who are you oh, supposed to be? Well, I'm Incrediboy. What? No. You're that kid from the fan club. Brophy. 
Bro, Brody. Bud. Buddy. Buddy. My name is Incrediboy. Look, I've been nice. I've stood for photos, signed every scrap of paper you pushed at me, but this No, no, is no. You don't have to worry about training me. I know all your moves, your crime-fighting style, favorite catchphrases, everything. I am your number one fan. <laughs> You just stay here. They usually pick up the garbage in an hour. Hey, Frozo! Should you be getting ready? I still got time. Counseling, I think you'll come to forgive me. Wait a minute. Go home, buddy. What? Now. Can we talk? You always, always say be true to yourself, but you never say which part of yourself to be true to. Well, I finally figured out who I am. I am your ward. Incrediboy! And now you have officially carried it too far, buddy. Oh! This is because I don't have powers, isn't it? Well, not every superhero has powers, you know. You can be super without them. I invented these. I can fly. Can you fly? Fly home, buddy. I work alone. Oui, et ta tenue est complètement ridicule. Okay, just give me one chance. I'll show you. I'll go get the police. Oh. Buddy, go. It'll only take a second, really. No, stop. There's a bomb. This one home and make sure his mom knows what he's been doing. I can help you. You're making a mistake. The injured jumper. You sent paramedics? They've already picked him up. The blast in that building was caused by Bomb Voyage, who I caught in the act of robbing the vault. Now, we might be able to nab him if we set up a perimeter. You mean he got away? Well, yeah. Skippy here made sure of that. Incredible. You're not affiliated with me. Holy smokes. You're not affiliated with me, right? Those, are, those, can, those in the story there are painful words, but they can be painful words for us too. Maybe, maybe they're not always spoken to us so overtly, but they can be painful words to hear. You're not affiliated with me. And maybe we've been on either side of that. Maybe we've been on the side of hearing them from someone else, right? Like, you're not, a, you're not affiliated with me. You're, you're on the outside. I'm not really gonna, going to, to, to have any connection to you. And maybe we've been the ones saying it to others. Maybe there's been times where, where we've said to someone else in our own way, probably a little softer than, than Mr. Incredible said it there, but you're not affiliated with me. I don't have the time or the energy or I don't see something in you that I want to see in someone that I'm going to affiliate with, right? 
And those are real words. And they can hurt. Okay? And we're going to talk today about what does it mean to do the opposite? What does it mean for us to affiliate, to, to move towards people? And to do that, we're going to look at Titus, the book of Titus. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, we're going to be in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And, uh, and we're going to look at, at what, what uh, Paul, this is a letter that Paul wrote to a, a younger pastor to help him guide him as he pastored a group of people, as he shepherded and led a group of people. And so we're just going to take a look at chapter, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Okay, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. It says this. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So, so teaching is literally just speaking. He says, speak what accords with what's in what accords with. Really, we don't talk like that often. It's like speak out about sound doctrine. Okay, make, make it plain. Okay, and then he's going to start to get specific. In verse 2, he says, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and in steadfastness. It's essentially a way of saying, like, like, be appropriately serious. Don't be a juvenile when you're an older man. Like, as you've matured, you ought to act like someone with some maturity. Keep reading. And then he switches, and he says, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior. It's very similar to the men, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good. That's a little bit of a couplet, right? He worked, older men do this, older women do that, and he gets back to teach. And verse four, he says, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, okay? Like, do this. And um, verse five, okay, he says, to, to be, teach them to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and I know it's Mother's Day, but submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. I know, like of all the passages, right? We did not plan this for Mother's Day. It just lined up perfectly, Okay? But essentially, and, and we, we put a lot into the word submissive, and I don't want to dance around it. The word does mean under the authority of, like it listens to someone else. But it also is a military term. And I, I, the, the phrase in there that actually catches my eye with this is submissive to their own husbands. It was actually a, 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 like the, the word, the idea that would be used for, for a, a, someone, a soldier to be assigned to like a leader in their regiment and they listen to them and not the leader of some other regiment. You catch that? And so when it says submissive to their own husbands, it does mean like submitting to, but it also is emphasizing like loyal to their own husband. Not, not listening to or, or, or trying to follow the orders of some other leader, right? So working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. It says, and then he goes back to the men, to young men. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. It sets up, Paul sets up this pattern, okay? He sets up this pattern. And what he says to, to Titus, what he says to Titus is that, that those who are older... Okay, those who have more experience, those who are more mature, are to be like they're, they're to speak, but also to model what it means to walk faithfully with God. Okay? That that's that's the pattern, that's the way it's supposed to go. And it's it's the job of, of leaders in the church, in the body, to remind us of that, to tell us. Now, we've made this at times, we've 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 made this about just family, and there's family language in there, but it's not restricted to that. This isn't just about, it includes 
fathers and their sons and, and mothers and their daughters. And it includes that, but it's not limited to that. That's not the context of what Paul's writing here to Titus. He's saying, look, there's a pattern that ought to be normal. There's a pattern that ought to be normal. And the pattern in the church, in, in, in the kingdom of God on earth, in, in the family of God, the pattern is this, that the older speak to and set an example for the younger. Right? That's the way that it's supposed to go. And he wraps up, jumping a few verses ahead, he wraps up and says, declare these things, say them. Okay? Make them known. Exhort or encourage. Exhort and rebuke. Correct people when it's wrong. With all authority, let no one disregard you. This is what we have to be about. Okay? This is what we have to be about. The mission of the church is, is baked into it is this idea that God has used from the, from the foundation of the church. He has used older men and women to pass down the truth to younger men and women. And then as they rise to be the older, they pass it down to the next. And as they rise to be the older, they pass it down to the next. That is the pattern that God established, right? And so what we want to say this morning, as plain as can be, is this. You are affiliated with me, okay? You are affiliated with me. There's no, we're not, there's, there's not a ranking system. There's no going alone. There's no I work better alone. There's none of that. You're affiliated with me. And, and in our body, that's what others ought to hear from all of us, is that we are affiliated with one another, okay? We, we work together, not alone. And I've had this modeled in amazing ways in my life, okay? I've lived this. Um, I was blessed to have, have a father, and I, again, I'll start there because it is for those of us who are fathers, and, and I had a mother who, who loved me and cared about me and trained me and taught me what was right. I realized what a blessing that was, and for some of you, you may not be able to say that, and I, I feel for you if that's the case. But I also had a teacher named, named Bruce Strickland, he just passed away about a month ago, who taught me when I was a young man what it means to seriously study the Bible. And I had, a, I had a teacher named Frank in college, I've mentioned him here before, who just loved me as I was and cared about the way I thought. I got a, I, along the way, I got a second dad, Steve. He, for years, he trained me in what it meant to love the Lord and to lead others. Tom Bernardo, right here at Life Community Church, did the same. Tom Angel was a boss that I had who loved me like a, like a probably a younger brother. I don't know if son would work there, but close enough. Buzz Inboden is someone that many of you have met did, who does still love me like a son. Mark Eckel taught me what it means to, to be serious about the word and to teach it. Around here, Greg McCall, Terry Artrip, Dan Burmeister. These are all older men, men older than me, though some just slightly, but older than me who put a hand on my shoulder and said, here's the way we're going to walk. This is what we're going to do. Here's, how, here's what it's going to look like. And they've shown it to me. And I see it in the way that, that they, they do the things that Paul said there. They, these men all took Paul's words seriously. And they were responsible. See, the first, just the first thing to get out of the way is we, we have to accept this reality. This is the truth. We are responsible for one another. We are responsible for one another. There's no way around it to read the scriptures and to say, I'm not responsible for you. 
We are responsible for one another, particularly in this context. The older among us are, are uh, responsible for the younger. And Paul took this seriously. Let's look at, look at just his life, what he did. He didn't just talk about it and tell Titus to do it. In Acts 15, he says this. He says, after, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, they were traveling companions. This is the same passage Dan looked at last week, so we're going to do this quickly. But look at something different. He said, uh, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. They're going to take a missionary trip. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with him John, called Mark. This is where, what Dan focused on last week. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to their work. He deserted them. But it goes on, and there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed, sailed away to Cyprus. And then there's a big but here in verse 40. But Paul chose Silas. So Barnabas takes Mark, a younger man, with him. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia and strengthening the churches. So, so Paul, okay, Paul, just as, as Barnabas had done with him, and, and, and they had, had done with Mark and others on their first trip, Paul grabs this guy Silas, and he takes him probably by the shoulder and says, come on, we're going on this trip. You're going to go with me, and we're going to proclaim the truth about the gospel. And so this is a lovely rendering of Paul, okay? I probably got the hair right, but I don't know. Might have had a little more girth. I don't know. Um, so, so Paul, he takes Silas with him, okay? Everywhere he goes, he takes Silas with him. And if you read the next chapters of Acts, Silas is there. He's not always, or sometimes there's other people with him, but, but Silas is with him through much of it. But it didn't stop there because in the very next chapter, those chapter numbers are artificial, right? This story keeps going. In chapter 16, look at what it says. These are the very next verses. It said, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. There's a lot of context there, but we'll just got to keep moving. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. So here's this second man, young man named T Timothy. And Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Again, story for another time. There's a lot going on here. But essentially, Timothy submitted to, and Paul went far enough to, to circumcise Timothy well beyond the age where this would have been normal. Because it, it would have got, it, like, that fact that he wasn't circumcised would have been in the way of the gospel. Okay? But he takes Timothy with him, and he goes on in verse 4. Maybe, there it is. And as, it says, as they went their way through the cities, they delivered uh, to them the observance, for observance, the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Okay. So now Paul picks up Silas with him. He's got Silas with him, and he gets to Derby, and he picks up Timothy. And now Paul and Silas and Timothy together are going around, and they're doing the work of this, this trip. They're visiting different churches. They're trying to strengthen them with the, with the words, the good news of the gospel. But beyond that, the greater context is like, hey, everybody's in. Like, you don't have to become Jewish in order to be Christian. Like, all, everyone can follow Christ. That was essentially what the, the good news that they were sharing. So Paul has these companions with him. He's taken, he's brought them along with him, okay? And remember, what we're doing this morning is we're making sure that we understand what it means, that you are affiliated with me, okay? You're affiliated with me. And the first thing we said is just that we're responsible for one another. We're responsible for one another. But what does that look like? And I think we pick it up here. We pick up our second idea here, and it's this, okay? It's this. It's not that hard. Just bring someone along, okay? What does it mean? What does it mean that we're responsible for one another? 
And I want to assert to you today that it's not that hard just bring someone along. Okay? What do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? Well, it's a two-step process. Number one, what are you going to do? Number two, bring someone along with you when you do it. Did you catch that? Sometimes we make it way too complicated. Now, we, I understand that we have like, at times, we build really complex discipleship models and we've got books and, and things that we study now online and, we, and, and I'm not even here to put those things down. I think those things have value, okay? And I'm sure that as Paul was with Silas and Timothy, that as they went around, Paul had somewhat, some form of a curriculum, perhaps, that he, he passed on to them as they went around. But, my, but I think what's probably more likely is this. Paul said, I'm going to these places, and we've got work to do, and you're coming with me, and you're going to share in the work. Okay? Let's not overcomplicate it. That's what Paul did here. So what is it that you do? Do you clean up around here? Do you are on the cleaning team? Do we have enough on the cleaning team? Do we need some more folks on? No, see, we need some more folks on the cleaning You know what? We need some folks here to serve in that way. If you're on that team... Grab someone by the shoulder and bring them with you, okay? Replicate yourself. You doing, you good with, you with auto repairs? That's not mine, but are you good with it? People around who need their brakes done or need an oil change, you can do that, but you don't have to do it alone. Bring someone with you to do it. Do you work in the nursery? Do you work with our children on Sunday mornings? Have you grabbed someone by the shoulder by the elbow and said, hey, I want you to come with me on this. Do this. Just come with me. Just come and do it. Are you teaching a class? Are you teaching it alone? Bring someone with you. Are you leading a cell group? Don't give them the option. Just say, hey, you're going to help me do this. Just say it. You're coming with me. We're going to do this. You lead worship? You have to play an instrument? Bring someone along. Show them how it's done. Do it, have them do it with you. Do you edit our videos? Do you coach a team? Do you, can, you, can you just paint a room? Just don't do the stuff alone, right? We're in this. We're responsible for one another. We're in this together. Just don't do it alone. Okay, that list could go on and on and on. Again, there's nothing wrong with, with formal programs, but if we're waiting around for a formal program to get started, we're not going to get through the formal program, okay? Just bring someone with you when you do whatever it is that you're going to do. And now next, I was going to do something, and it, it got out of hand. Okay, let me just say this. I'm going to show you how out of hand it got as quickly as I can. I wanted to share with you the different people that Paul did this with. So we've got the, we, you know, we have our picture, right, of I, I, better planning. Um, but Paul is there, and you've got Silas and Timothy with him, okay? But now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to show you some passages of Scripture and all I'm going to do, I'm not even going to read the passage of Scripture because there's not enough time. I'm just going to read the names. And I want you to hear the names of the people that Paul speaks to in his letters. Okay? And you can actually see this. I'm gonna, I'm, I swore I was going to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. Okay. Uh, there's this fascinating thing that happens in the letters of Paul. The early letters that he wrote, okay, the earliest letters that most of our New Testament was written by, not most, a lot of our New Testament was written by him. A lot of the letters, so beginning in Romans um, all the way through um, like Philemon, you've got a lot of letters of Paul. Okay? And, in the, the, and they're not arranged in the order that they were written. I'm going to show them to you in the order that these were, were written, as best we can tell. But they're, they're arranged in a different order, not important today. Um, so why did I tell you? I don't know, but I did. They're not, that's not how they're arranged. But, but, the, but, but um, when you read through them, 
there's different places where Paul like says, hey, say this to that person, or that to that person. In the, the early letters of Paul, he almost never does that. He almost never mentions anyone by name. Okay? And then you get to like the back half of his letter writing. And it's sort of like, okay, dude, we get it. Okay? And I'm going to show you how much, hey, dude, we get it is going on here. Okay? The, the, and on this uh, string of letters, this is, this is in the book of Romans. And again, forgive me, and I know you may not be able to see them great. I, uh, someone chose a poor color um, for these names. But, but there's some names here. I just want to read them. Are you ready? In, in Romans chapter 16, the entire chapter is dedicated to people in, in Paul's life. The whole thing, okay? And the first one here is, is uh, a woman named Phoebe. I think it's also fascinating, the first person that Paul mentions on Mother's Day of all days. The first person that Paul mentions is this woman that was essential to his ministry, okay? Phoebe. Then he says Prissa and Aquila. He says <laughs> Eponidas. We're going we're gonna to test my skills here. Ep- you can't see him, so I can say whatever. Eponidas, Mary, Andronicus, Junia, Am. Ampliatus, Urbanus, Stachus, Stachus, I don't know, whatever, Apellus, Aristobulus, Herodion, Narcissus, Tryphena, uh, Tryphosa, Persis, Rufus, that's a good one, Rufus is my favorite one on the list, okay, and his mother, um, Asyncritus, Phlegion, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus. Oh, there's more. Timothy, Lucius, Jason. Oh, here's the tough one. Uh, Sosipater, sure. Uh, Tertius, Gaius, Erastus, Quartus, okay? He mentions all these people in different contexts. Every one of them. Gets, he calls them by name. And you know what's super fascinating about this? He's, he's writing about half that list, or maybe two-thirds of that list, he's writing to people in the Roman church, and here's the deal. He'd never been there. He'd never even been there. Now, there's a story behind that. Many of those people have been expelled from Rome and were called back in, and it's a whole thing, but he's, he's, he knows them, and he's invested in them enough. Name we're going to keep reading. Philemon. He says, Epaphras, we saw that name once before. There's again, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. That's Philemon. In Colossians, he has another long section and, and here's what we have there, Tychicus, or Tych- anyway, you get it, Tychicus, okay? Onesimus, Aristarchus, and Mark, we're seeing some repeat names, but then we get this guy, Jesus, who probably rightfully changed his name to Justice, okay? Epaphras, let's skip that because we've got time, Luke, Demas, the brothers at Laodicea, there's Nympha, uh, Archippus, uh, who I think we saw once before, and then in Ephesians, he says Tychicus again, Artemis and Titus, Tychicus, this is uh, our main passage today was in Titus, the end of the book. Artemis, Tychicus, Zenus, Apollos, okay? And then in 2 Timothy, this is the the last of these, I promise. Greet Prissa and Aquila, who we saw before, Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus, anyway, you get it, Erastus, Trophimus, Miletus, Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers. Look at what is going on here. Look at the list of people, and when I say look at it, Check this out. Here's Paul. The first couple of people we run into are Silas and Timothy, but look what happens. Okay? Look at this. These are the names of all the people that Paul shouts out in these books. It's, it's 50, or give or take. Okay? It's 50 or so. Look at all those names. Fascinating, right? 
This was his pattern. His pattern was he meets someone and almost immediately he knows who they are and he's, he's got them at work. He knows who they are and he's got them at work. He was in this together with them. It was his responsibility. He understood it to be his responsibility that no one in the church, no one in the kingdom of God has nothing to do. Anyone standing around was taken by by the shoulder and and brought along with him to say, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I want to wrap up today with, with, and when I say wrap up, don't get too excited, okay? Okay? But I want to wrap up with this. Okay? Where did he learn this from? Where did he learn this from? How did, how did he arrive at this pattern for life? In order to do that, we need to look back at the book of Acts. The book of Acts. In chapter 11, we, we already looked at, at the split of Paul and Barnabas, but look at how they came together. This is an origin story. Okay? Acts chapter 11 says this. It says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. And so uh, there were people that had, had spread out primarily from Jerusalem. We actually talked about this in our James series, right? They were spread out. And so those who were, they were scattered because of this persecution. In verse 11, or chapter 11, verse uh, 20 here, it says, um, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, Hellenists would have been uh, Jews who were speaking Greek and had adopted Greek culture, spoke, spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to uh, the, the ears of the church in Jerusalem. So kind of back to the hub in Jerusalem, uh, the, this news had spread that they were, there were people accepting up in, up in Antioch. And so they sent Barnabas, here's our guy. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas, now remember he's in Antioch, and so then it says Barnabas went to Tarsus, a different place. Tarsus was the hometown of Saul, who later became Paul. Went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Barnabas went looking for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. He goes to Tarsus and he brings him to Antioch, this place where, the, where Christianity is exploding. And it says this, For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. It was, honestly, it was a derogatory term at first. Okay? Okay? We've, we've taken ownership of it, but it was originally a derogatory term. But look at what, what Barnabas did. Barnabas went to, he'd heard about Saul, and he went to Tarsus, and he got Saul from his home, and he brought him to Antioch, and then they spent a year there teaching together. And people are coming to, to know the Lord and growing. They taught a great many people. Do you see that? So, mm, graphics 101, okay? The point is, right? Like, what's happening? There's so many people that Paul had worked with, that Paul had, had moved towards. There's so many people that Paul had influenced, that Paul had equipped. But Paul had learned it from someone. He'd learned it from Barnabas. Barnabas did it for him. Barnabas had taught him this pattern. So I'd, he, was, he, he had equipped Paul, and then Paul went out and equipped. And so I asked, like, what's holding us back? Why don't we do the same? Do, do we have, do we, make, we, do we believe certain things to be true? 
that maybe, maybe we believe we, don't have, we have nothing to offer. We don't have enough time to do this. Maybe we think other people don't want what we have. We, think, we, we, we lie to ourselves and say, well, things were different then. It was a different time. Or maybe we just shake our fist and say, kids these days, those darned millennials. Man, I wish I had five more minutes to go off on generational analysis, but I don't. Okay. Look, people are people, and they're looking for others to guide them. They are. They are. But there's one more piece to this that we have to go back even a little bit further in, in, in uh, Saul, Paul's story, right? The story of Saul coming to Jesus was that he was going to go and arrest people, like arrest Christians. He was, he was, he was a non-Jesus-following Jew, and he had, he had a license to maybe kill but like he had a license to arrest and beat, okay? And he was gathering up people who followed Jesus and he was imprisoning them. And on the, on the road, he was headed to, to the town of Damascus, he was headed there and, and the Lord met him on that road miraculously, okay? But it's what came after that that I wanna read here at the end of all things, I do promise, okay? In Acts chapter nine, this is the story of, of, of Saul and that, who became Paul, met by Jesus on the road. And um, we're going to pick up the story in verse 10. Remember, he was on his way to Damascus, and it says this is after he's seen the vision and heard the voice of Jesus. It says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he, said, and, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. Okay? The Lord said to Ananias, hey, I need you to go take somebody by the, by the shoulder, by the elbow. I need you to bring somebody along here. And Ananias goes, uh, it's not that I don't have enough time. I got nothing else going on right now. The issue is that this guy is a killer of people like me right? Like, he wants me dead. And you want me to go to him? He goes on, verse 14. And here he has authority. In Damascus, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now look at this. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. There's a miracle, right? There's a miracle. Why is there a miracle? Well, essentially, and the miracle probably happens without, God finds a way to perform the miracle on his own terms, right? But Ananias is a part of the miracle because God said, go to this person, go do it. I've got work for him to do. Go. And Ananias says, okay, I'm going. Do we want to see miracle? Do what God has told us to do. God still does miracles. He still takes people around here who don't have what it takes who are broken vessels, who don't have the, the, the time, the energy, the gifts, the resources, whatever, and he uses them 
for his purposes. It's every bit as miraculous today that these things get done as, as 2,000 years ago. And look at what happens. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. And look at what it says. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, Saul and Ananias. So it wasn't just Barnabas. Look at Ananias, right? There were people who had moved towards Saul, who became Paul, in the name of their Savior, and just walked with him, moved with him, taught with him. You see, you are affiliated with me. Like, this is, this is the pattern of God's work. It's our affiliation with one another. It's our affiliation with one another. And we are responsible for it. And what do we do? Well, I don't, what are you doing? Do it with someone else. Bring someone with you. And the final thing I want to say here is don't listen to your own excuses about why you shouldn't do this or can't do it or it's unreasonable for you to do it. I'm sorry. We're all busy. Maybe you need to rearrange your life a little bit to get more in line with God. Maybe I do too, okay? Maybe that's what we need to do. But I don't have time. What, what are you doing already that you're filling your schedule with? Bring someone with you to do it. Don't do it alone. You have nothing to offer? Why would you deny the good work of God in your own life? You believe you have nothing to offer? The Spirit of God is in you. We've got something to offer. Don't believe the lie that I have nothing to offer. They don't want it. These excuses that we give, they don't want it. How would you know? How would I know? Have I asked them? Have I offered to them? Have I made the first move towards them? How would I know if I don't move? And who cares what they want? They're kids. Not all of them. But, but honestly, like, the point of this is that you have someone older and more mature moving towards someone who's younger and less mature. The pattern is moving towards them to bring them along with you. Or maybe like Mr. Incredible, you, you work alone, you can do it better alone. Okay? Arrogant much? I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I think, I think and it, and if I, but if I do it alone, it stops with me. And remember what God has done is he has moved us over the generations, over, over now the centuries, so that we're here today because Ananias moved towards Saul. And Saul moved towards Silas. And Silas moved towards others and towards others and towards others. We have this long line of people who came before us who were equipped by more mature people in their faith to carry the good news about our Savior to the world. And we've got to do this because sometimes buddy becomes syndrome, right? <laughs> like, we are his agents to see to it that people don't develop into monsters or people don't develop into lukewarm followers of Christ, just sort of cultural Christians. Look, you are affiliated with me. We need that to become our language. You are affiliated with me. We're on the same team. We're going to wear the same uniform. We're going to do the same job don't wait for someone to come to you and ask. Move towards them and offer 
Okay, when you came in, no, you're not going to get $1,000 for each one you still have. I heard that, I heard that lie. I couldn't even give you a dollar for each one you still have. Did you get the little rings? They're so hard to see, I know. You have your little rings? If you don't, if you didn't get any rings, okay? I'm going to call the band down. We're going to wrap this up in just a second. Monica and Josh have, if you don't have little rings, get some rings. Stick, stick your hand up. They'll come to you. I promise. Okay? Here's the deal. <clears throat> um, when these rings go together, right, you can link them together and they're like links in a chain. Giddy up, right? Here's, but here's the deal. This is what I want you to do with them. Okay? Do you still carry keys? Let's take these, okay? I'm, one of two things. One of two things. If you have someone in your life that you would say, you would say, I'm affiliated with them. By, like, by name. I'm affiliated with them. Okay? In just a minute, they're going to start playing. And as they play... I want you to take one of those little rings. I tried to keep them small. They're not, 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 not uh, obtrusive, right? If you have somebody, take one of those and put it, put it on your key ring as a way to remember them. When you go to start your car, oh yeah, I need to pray for them. Okay? We gave you three. If you need more, are there more or are they all gone? There's more? Okay. If you, if you need more, you put it on there. Now here's the deal. You might look at that and go like, ah, I have like a kid that I can pray for. Or take the others. And I don't, this is the thing too. You may say like, don't, don't tell yourself like I'm too young. I don't have, no, this is the truth, right? There are people that even, even the youngest amongst us, there are people that we can move towards, you can move towards, and you may, maybe you're young and you don't have keys. I don't know. String it on your, like your backpack zipper at school or something. But a place where you're going to see it. And if you, it, the, the second thing is if you don't have people, you don't have people that you would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm affiliated with them. Put it, put it on your key ring somewhere else and pray that God would point you towards someone. When you see it, when you go, when you stick that key in the door at home to go in the house, use that as a moment to say, who who can I move towards? Who can I move towards? Okay? And one last thing before we close up together. If you're, if you're someone around here and, and um, there's someone who has equipped you, okay? There's someone who has equipped you. Um, you don't need to make a big deal out of it, okay? But you could encourage them and hand them one of those rings and we'll have some extras again on the way out the door if you need more than three. But grab this and if they're in the room, I think they'll understand, but you can give it to them as a way of saying thank you and please keep praying for me. Please, please keep me on the list of people you've equipped. Okay? If they're not in the room, maybe a letter. It's a weird thing, I know, but do it. Do it. This is the... This is the the river in which the gospel message is carried downstream to those who come behind us is the faithful followers of Christ taking what they've been given by those that were more mature than them and passing it down to those who are less mature. And this is how God does this. Okay? 
There'll be more at the door if you need them. But use these three. At least use those three. Will you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for, for making yourself real and revealing yourself to those throughout time to see the truth of who you are. And Spirit, we thank you for prompting people like Ananias and Barnabas to move with Saul or, and, and Saul, and then, and then as Saul moved into to other people in his world. And God, you've, you've used faithful people forever to make yourself known. And God, we, we want to be those faithful people. So we just ask this morning that you would, you would push us, you would move us towards those who, uh, who are just, they're waiting. They may not even know they're waiting, but they're waiting for, for their Barnabas to come along, for their Paul to say, you've got, you've got this to offer, come do it with me. God, would you, would you prompt us, would you move us? We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's uh, let's stand. <laughs> We're going to sing. God, we want to offer everything that we all, everything that we are, all that we are, God. In this moment, we want to thank you for these people that you've surrounded us with. We thank you for this body of believers. God, give us the courage to Go to someone younger than us and just say, all right, come along with me. God, that is the essence of discipleship, and we thank you that it's that simple. And God, if somebody comes to us and says that they want us to come along with them, God, give us the courage and the trust to just go and to listen. And God, we love you. And we trust you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Not to be so too cheesy, but if we're thinking of ways we can connect with people around here and say, come along with me. Maybe you don't, there's some people around here multi-generationally you don't know. I think of no better way than we can practice this on June 23rd, where we are going to be doing, do you guys remember what we're doing? Yes, so come. We're going to have a great night. Bring um, yourselves, invite a neighbor. Um, it is an awesome multi-generational way to connect around here. We're going to have so much fun. More details coming on ways we can just love on each other and others around here in practical ways. All right, have a great afternoon. Enjoy your time.